tell everyone you're not spiritual, nobody's spiritual. Um, you are in the act of becoming spiritual. Um, you know, it's in there's there's such joy in that becoming, you know, the process of becoming is has all kinds of possibilities to it. It's rich in potential hope and hope. Hello and welcome to Her Entrepreneurial Spirit. I'm your host, Monique Lover. In this space, I share unscripted conversations with female entrepreneurs who are harnessing the power of spirituality to create authentic and purpose-driven lives and businesses. Together, we are breaking through the rules and fears and leading with courage and love. It's time to lean into your own light as you let these stories encourage you to explore the unlimited potential of your own entrepreneurial spirit. Deborah Young is a psychic and karmic astrologer, author, hypnotherapist, specializing in past lives, speaker, and teacher. Deborah uses her knowledge to help her clients explore their astrological charts and understand their unique purpose and meaning. Deborah also uses runic stones, tarot cards, numerology, and mediumship in her popular sessions to help answer the spiritual questions her clients bring to the table. Deborah's bravest endeavor has been writing and launching her first novel, Gabriel's Great Perhaps, a fantasy novel about highly desperate souls needing to work together to save a troubled earth. Deborah, welcome. I've had your name in my orbit for a while now, and I have been excited on so many levels to have you on here and to talk about you and your work and what you do in this world. Well, thank you for inviting me, Monique. It's great to be here. Yeah. So tell me, Deborah. I mean, we all start with this origin story of, of how everything happened. Was there was there a moment, was there a pivotal moment in time where your work fell into place for you? Was it always like this or did something come crashing down and opened the door? There was, one, there was actually one comment, but, you know, I've heard some people's origin story that I thought, wow, I, I wish I had that kind of an origin story because I find <laughs> mine kind of boring. But I, I've studied astrology from the time I was really like eight years old. Um, somehow everything, not everything, but it just simply made sense. I understood kind of intuitively what a sextile was, not really knowing to the depth I know now because Astrology is an ongoing study. You, you, you're never not, you know, like, yes, if anybody says, I know astrology, it's like, you probably know very little about astrology if you can even make that statement. And so I, I studied it throughout, you know, on and off. And sometimes I would leave it and then I would circle back to it. And then, you know, past my first Saturn return, I became really serious about it. And, um, but I, I was also at the time, you know, working in a bank and I was um, studying economics, loved economics. And so a friend said to me, he said, you're going to have to make a choice. And it was this kind of like the whole world disappeared. And I thought, I, I do have to make a choice, which way I'm going to go, which path I'm going to take. And so I chose astrology. Um, but it felt like it chose me in that moment. It was this, it was a casual statement on his part. I'm sure he he thought that I would forget this nonsense. I'm air quotes now um, and go deeper into economics and, and that world. But it's, um, you know, so the, re- the rest is history. And it's something that, but it was this knowing that is beyond brain, you know, transcends the, the linear brain. It was this knowing that this is what I'm to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Without really being able, could you pinpoint it at that time or you just followed that, that instinct? I just followed it. And there's a piece in our charts, um, in, in everybody's chart, that there's different times along the way that you have to be audacious. And it, it transcends mind and emotion and, and the whole kind of like typical human experience. You know, there is this these times when we, we take a step without knowing all the details. And it's and it's a particular energy called the North Node. I love that. And isn't it hard to take that? Um, I mean, speaking personally, taking that step <laughs> into the unknown without knowing. <laughs> when it's those moments, then yes. it's, lack of a better word, a soul moment. Yeah. 
and you don't question it because it, it transcends your own kind of puny life in a way. I mean, we're, we're small and we're vast, um, you know, so we're, we're amazingly powerful and not, um, you know, so it's something that um, when it's those moments, you, you don't. Mm-hmm. If you allow the, the brain chatter to enter, then okay, then, then you're going to get into a little bit of trouble there. But it's those moments where all the chatter quiets down and it's just calm. There's no chatter. It's like a, you're not hearing, you're not in the world in a way. Yes. And that's yeah. when beautiful, beautiful things really come out mm-hmm. of that. And when you absolutely. trust that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm curious to dive into your work and even the term psychic and karmic astrologer. We were chatting a little bit off recording about that and what that means to you and your work versus purely astrology and how you incorporate all these other parts of you as well too, a spiritual coach, a hypnotherapist. How does that all come together in your work, in your sessions? It's, it's something that, and the the term psychic astrologer, I never named, I never called myself that somebody else did. Um, (laughs) Like I I never, I find find that, um, I don't know what I would call maybe a little arrogant, but it's something that, so I never called myself that at the same time, I feel, you know, there's lots, lots of really good astrologers that are very linear. I embody the energy. I just simply fall into it. I embody it. And you know, people think astrology is very, you know, linear. It, it is, you know, there's very kind of like linear minded, but it isn't, you know, if you're really embodying the energy that I'm feeling the, you know, your left knee is hurting because your Mars is in Capricorn square Saturn. Uh, I'm, I'm embodying all the energies. And from those, um, there's gateways to just natural intuition. I grew up with a grandmother who was very intuitive and, you know, saw things. And as a child, you know, if you said you had a dream, then it was, it was talked about. Uh, it was, it was unpacked. You know, so you stirred the ashes for a meaning of all kinds of different things. And the house we grew up in was there's a few spirits there. So it was always just a normal part of my life. And it's um, so with astrology, to me, it's something that is more like, um, you know, what does Aries moon smell like and all those other things. And those the five senses, of course, take you into your intuition. So it was always just kind of an organic experience for me to include, you know, the psychic part of it. It's um, and then the karmic part um, that would have come a little bit later, um, probably around my late 30s, something like that, where and just deeper, 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 deeper into it. And I can't imagine personally practicing astrology without that piece i i can't imagine it um you can do it i can say yes a blue car if you buy it on january 12th would be a really good idea or not um it's something that is the karmic pieces to me really everything you know and this goes to past lives and so forth where you know you can i can see in someone's chart all the themes and all the things that they're working with this this lifetime and that it's a, I feel it's a, a contract that they sign before they are born. And for many, many different reasons. And if you look at somebody's astrological chart, it's such a unique piece of, you know, sacred energies where your chart can't be duplicated for 26,000 years. You know, you're born into the family of whatever sun sign, you know, you share certain, there's generational planets. Uh, you're born in a certain generation for really big, important reasons. And I'd love to talk about that a little bit and all kinds of different things, but it's, um, but your chart can't be duplicated. And when you look at, you know, some of the themes that you're working with this lifetime, they thread back to many other lifetimes and that you chose that, okay, this lifetime I'll, I'll work with this. Um, you know, I maybe haven't worked with it before, or it's just simply time to do that and um, show up to it. And it's not a, you know, I don't see karma as good or bad. I think that's a misleading, really misleading concept and keeps in a certain construct that is just simply not helpful at all. Um, It's like, oh, I must have been this or that or whatever. It's it's I'm not so concerned about the storyline, even though some of the stories I heard are amazing. Um, Love it. 
is more, um, you know, to give context in the backstory to some of the things that you struggle with this lifetime, or or even accessing certain talents that, you know, you may have shoved away, and now it's time to invite them out of hiding. It's so, you know, it's so it's it's about understanding the themes and where you've been in other times, and, you know, seeing how those themes have been repeating or how you've attracted certain situations and people that reflect um you know those things that you're working with if that makes any sense mm, it's like you really have this ability to zoom out and see not only what's happening in this lifetime but all of all the history and the patterns right it all weaves together you know the yes. happening in the present has roots in the past you know so the past present future are all kind of one um in my world. Oh, it's, it's really, I find it so interesting to have that, um, have that perspective. And, you know, there's lots of schools of thought of, well, if the, if this is earth school and you're here to learn this and this lesson, and, you know, it's been following you around for all these past lives. Well, you better get to it now. Cause it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> it's going to keep following you until you deal with that. If I see something, it, it's, it's, I'll like double down, like, okay, I really have to unpack this and, and, you know, surrender this part of my ego and, you know, whatever the case may be. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Do you find there's some things that, for people that just really stick out as, okay, this is really something <laughs> you need to double down on in this life? Oh, yes. Yeah. And it, it, it depends on many different factors in terms of their, their state of readiness. You know, it just depends on, yes. on many, many different factors. Some people are pretty resistant to, um, you know, and, and they can consider themselves evolved, so to speak, um, which I tell everyone, you're not spiritual. Nobody's spiritual. Um, <laughs> you are in the act of becoming spiritual. Um, you know, it's in, there's, there's such joy in that becoming, you know, the process of becoming is, has all kinds of possibilities to it. It's rich in potential hope and hope. And isn't that the place where a lot of times we find ourselves and it can bring the most frustration to not be, we're so in these kind of usually this mindset of, well, I want to get to the end here and in the, in between it, it can seem chaotic, but like you said, there's so many beautiful things that if we try to rush ahead to the end point, we miss all of it. You miss all of it. And you don't know who you're going to encounter on that journey. You know, I, I love traveling. I'm a big traveler. And, you know, the people that I've met on different trips are, are and delay is often pregnant with possibilities. You know, it's something that is there's something there for you. And if you stay in the moment, you know, you never know who you're going to encounter. I've encountered some amazing people. You know, I will purposely get lost in the country um, because, you know, you, ne you never know who you're going to meet. It's yeah. Yes. It's really that beauty of not. So I don't know. Unplanning. <laughs> you're unplanning and just <laughs> going, going for the ride. Both planning and unplanning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the most interesting experiences that you've had? in your travels and meeting people? Um, there's so many, but uh, one I would say would be, you know, one of my favorite countries was Morocco because I ended up there kind of accidentally. Um, and I've ended up in certain countries accidentally uh, where I was in, I was backpacking through Croatia and I woke up one morning and it was, I have to go to Bosnia. And that hadn't been part of the plan. I was going to make my way to Hungary and then back to Germany to meet my partner. I woke up one morning, he's like, I have to go to Bosnia. And so I got on this bus and it was, they still had um, the UN there, um, the forces. And that was a whole experience going through um, uh, those uh, special guarded places. I, it, the name eludes me right now, um, where, you know, that was amazing. But I met a group of women at a bus stop um, from Bosnia and, they had all lost their husbands and uh, the stories. And we, I developed such tight connections there. We corresponded for years after that. Um, it was just really, really amazing. Yeah. And just by following an intuitive hit of where you need to go. Right. Wow. Like, oh, you have to go to Bosnia. Okay. Um, how do I do? Not even like the how I do that, but knowing that I just have to follow the breadcrumbs and 
they're there. And I was, I knew I was really meant to meet those women and, and the other people I met along the way as well uh, in Bosnia. And, and Morocco ended up sleeping in the desert with Berber tribesmen. And that all just happened. It happens organically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How does your work and what you do affect how you go about your life? Do you find they intertwine in that way that you've learned to trust those nudges and follow those breadcrumbs? Yeah, I would never not follow breadcrumbs. I know how magical they are. Um, Each day, you know, in kind of practical ways, I'm not a shopper. I'm kind of sensory sensitive. So fluorescent lights and, you know, I I couldn't do a Costco if my life depended on it. (laughs) I hear you on that. (laughs) When people say, oh, they're going to Costco is good for you. I can't do that. Um, I could if I need, but it would be not great. I'd need a while to recover. But the, um, so I'll I'll time, you know, for example, uh, when the moon's in Virgo, that's a great time to get you know, skincare and some practical things, moon cancer, if I need to do, oh, I need new tea towels or towels for the bathroom or mm. so I'll time shopping things according to the moon. Um, it's, um, it only takes a second because I've been doing this a long time. So I know what will work, what won't work, um, you know, and many, many things, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I love astrology. There's a practical side and the very practical side that I, I love. I'm, you know, uh, and, um, you know, spiritual side, they, they all, to me, there's no real difference in there though. You know, I, it's all one for me. Um, anything is practical is spiritual and spiritual has to be practical. Um, so, you know, you have to be able to apply it to this realm because guess what, this is where we are. Um, you know, and you've chosen that in a very powerful, important way because your chart is such a, you know, it's a sacred contract. Whenever I'm teaching and I see students doodling over the birth chart that I printed out for them, I'm kind of like, you know, ventilating. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> this is like sacred. Um, this is your this is your picture reflection of many lifetimes. You know, lineage energy, ancestor energy, your future lives, and who you're yet to meet, and what you're yet meant to do yet. So, yeah. No doodling on that. <laughs> it needs to be. And it's fine that he put out another chart, but it, but it, it, it always takes me a moment to recover. <laughs> kind of like leap at them. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love the um, the practicality aspect of it too and how it is all weaved together. Right. It, it is absolutely weaved together. Um, yeah, 100%. It's something that is, um, yeah, Feet on ground, heaven to earth, um, you know, heart turtle back, soft open. It's it's all one in the same, you know, it all weaves together for me. Uh, you know, maybe it's my Aquarian self, but I can go from talking about something very esoteric to, um, you know, I think you need to tune up your car and this and this and this are wrong with your car. I, c- I can do that in two sentences without even thinking about it. Well, it, it's like you said, it's, it's, it's all... It almost seems like it's an illusion that it's separate to begin with, since you are a soul here and a human body that you're experiencing both kind of simultaneously. And, but we like to put things in, I don't know, nice, clean, neat boxes, (laughs) just like titles, right? (laughs) Job titles as well, too. Yeah. Yeah, titles. And some people, people that move Capricorn are usually into titles of the, um, yeah, it's something that those separate things are, I think, very unhelpful. And I think also they've kept, um, you know, some like, say, astrology and numerology and, you know, mediumship, you know, out of the practical realm, you know, that people that are more aligned with, say, um, I don't know, your accountant or whatever, um, you know, it's kept that separate, right, that those kind of like boxes are so incredibly unhelpful, and they create division, um, which there's so much division and yeah. So it's, it's not helpful at all. It's one of the reasons I feel probably get a lot of, you know, I'll get business people, um, you know, I'll get other people that you wouldn't think would come to me, for example, because they, they trust, I have that practical side and that I don't see um, the spiritual realm is anything necessarily unique um, or special. You know, that is, it is a part of our organic experience. It's funny that you talk about the practicality because I feel some of my biggest spiritual mentors are the most practical 
people mm. and actually do a great job in grounding me in um, where I am and putting the practical spin of it of you can't spend all your day up here <laughs> because you are supposed to be here having this experience. And I think it's a big misconception that it's um, it doesn't have that practicality aspect to the life that you're living now, that your head's always in the clouds and you're ignoring the rest of your life. <laughs> no, it, it is life. Mm-hmm. And both are, both are, are there and you can't have one without the other, you know, you can, I suppose, but it's not going to be, it's going to be, it's not going to be good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I see it as one, all one really. Mm, I love that. I really love that outside of tuning into an individual's specific chart and their contract, do you tune into the greater collective at large and see you know, what's at play and how that's affecting everyone? Absolutely. Can't help, can't help it. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. The I love mundane astrology, which is the study of the world. Um, if I could just do that, I'd be very, I don't know, I, I think I need it all, but I'd like to spend more time in, in mundane astrology, I guess is what I'm saying. And it's, um, you know, just really, really interesting. There is, um, yeah, we're in a, we're in a moment, we're always in a moment, of course, but, um, you know, it's, there's so many different pieces to that. You know, the planet Pluto moved into, it's the great transformer, you know, it uproots, it relentlessly uproots what needs to be uprooted, it will dismantle. In in our own personal life, it's very rare for us to get a big Pluto hit. I mean, we do get Pluto hits. And they are they just come in and rip your home off the foundation and, um, you know, and it's Love those moments, right? <laughs> and, and we get few of them. We really couldn't handle more of them. You know, uh, for example, just going back to the astrology a little bit and uh, the planet Mars circles around your, all the 12 houses of your chart spending two, you know, two years, you know, so it'll, it'll activate your house of money, for example, for, roughly six to eight weeks every two years and that'll bring up money stuff and resource things and um and so forth so it drives through town their important transits but a pluto transit is beyond important and when you see i have a a client next who has a big pluto thing going on i shouldn't talk so much about Pluto. Um, it's uh when i'm doing my uh certain workshops i'll have people do a planetary walk um you know, they'll do a sun walk where they're walking from the this center, the center of your, your you know, your heart chakra. Um, and they're walking with dignity and pride. Um, and then they're doing a moon walk, which is floaty and, you know, really no direction. A Mercury walk, which is about communication. It's a toddler walk, you know, and that'll stimulate your mind. A Venus walk, you're a narcissistic 16-year-old girl. Um, <laughs> like, look how pretty I am. Um, and a Mars walk is more soldier-like and so forth. When it comes to Pluto, you don't want Pluto. Um, you don't necessarily, you don't do it. You kind of stand back. Um, but the, if, you know, a Saturn walk will ground you, you know, you're finding a pattern. It's you're walking in deliberate steps, deliberate patterns. Uh, Uranus walk. If you, if things are stuck and stale, you do a crazy walk. You'll want to do this in your house. You won't want to do it outside. Um, you know, it's just crazy. You're jumping, you're skipping. Uh, no two steps are the same. A Neptune walk is very floaty. Uh, and then Pluto, as I said, you don't, you don't do Pluto. So Pluto moved into Capricorn. For everybody, obviously, uh, 2008 is there till 2024. And it's a time, you know, that would be dismantling, um, you know, all the, the last time it was there was the American Revolution, French Revolutions. Um, You know, it spends 264 years each sign. And it's there. It it varies in terms of how long it's in a sign. And in the sign of Capricorn, um, you know, Capricorn rules government structures, political structures and systems, um, business structures and foundations, and all of that is being uprooted. Um, and it began the very not long after when it entered in 2008, we had that financial meltdown, right? And I thought, welcome Pluto Capricorn. Um, you know, it's going to uproot all what? Um, welcome, welcome. Um, Pluto rules many, many things. It rules mice. It rules pandemics, um, you know, and the very day, um, January 12th, 2020, there was a particular pattern that formed that at that time 
that um, super, super rare. And I knew that was the beginning of, of the pandemic. That was the point of no return, even though COVID was around before then. That was the point of no return. That was it. We're in it. Pluto moves out in 2024. There's a, another planet, Saturn, uh, which rules restrictions. Um, it rules boundaries, like healthy boundaries. Saturn will, will, wherever it's going through in your chart, is telling you, you need a boundary here. It could be around family. It could be around friends. It could be around partner. Um, but you need a boundary here. So a healthy relationship with Saturn, where we develop clarity about that area of life, and we develop clarity around who and what we need some boundaries with. Um, and it's the planet of karma as well. In the sign of Aquarius, which was the collective in humanity, we were boundaried with each other, right? And that is in Aquarius every 29 years. So it's, um, and it's there, it's in Aquarius till March of 2023, which, um, you know, the early in 20, maybe the early spring of 2020, I said, there'll be a vaccine before the end of 2020. Everyone said I was crazy. I said, no, there'll be a vaccine. I said, but I still being masked until March of 2023. And people said, why would people need to be masked if there was a vaccine? I said, I don't know. And I'm not looking. Um, I'm know. just I'm just relaying the information. <laughs> the information. Move on. Um, it's a, and here, here we, you know, here we are. Um, and there's other factors as well. Um, you know, Neptune is in Pisces, which that's a whole, that's a whole story in itself. Um, Neptune hasn't been, Neptune's in its home sign in Pisces, very powerful, hasn't been there in 148, 50 years. And it, you know, it's, it's hard for humans to, um, you know, to integrate Neptune in the enlightened expression of Neptune, which is Neptune and Pisces is, you know, you're seeing angels and other enchanted magical beings, right? Um, it's highly intuitive. You can, you know, swing up, check in with a lifetime in the 15th century, come back in. Wow, I I, I get why this and this and this is in my life right now. Um, Neptune also rules drug addiction. It rules viruses. Um, it rules um, contagions. It rules, um, you know, the spread off of particular thing. It rules delusions and illusions, um, like massive delusions and illusions. So it's at its most powerful. It's there for, I think, till 2026 or 2027. Um, and then we are having a shift coming up beginning December 22nd. And um, the nodes are changing from where they've been the last 18 months. Um, you know, they have been in Gemini, Gemini and Sagittarius. And if I can just spend two minutes talking about this, um, they're, they're a whole study. I, I love the lunar nodes and I give workshops on them. It's... Um, and they are a study. So what I'm saying right now is a just a tiny little nibble. But um, in, and we all have these notes in our chart, and they tell me a lot about your past lives. Just just that one piece tells me a lot about your past lives and what you're to the uh, audacious steps you're to make in life um, to connect with your spiritual path. You know your your spiritual mandate, your contract, and. The South Node is a, a place that has a lot of gifts, a lot of talents, natural gifts and talents. But if we come from, if we act from that place, from a behavior point of view, life doesn't work. And we could figure out so many things. We could just like figure out this and figure out this and figure out that. And um, they, you know, it, it just doesn't work. It'll stall things. It will drain energy from other places, you know, too. And then the North Node is what we're to, we're, we're to take the gifts of the South Node and weave them into the North Node elevated energy, enlightened energy. And it's um, so the, the last 18 months and, you know, again, it's changed in just a couple of days, which is big. The South Node has been in Sagittarius, the North Node in Gemini. Now, South Node Sagittarius is, and we look at the neurotic um, you know, part, or the shadow material of Sagittarius, which can be bigotry, biases, um, the ghosts from the past come up. And these energies are always moving kind of backwards, which again, tells you that the present has roots in the past. Always, always. Uh, anything that's happening in my present, I'm, it, I know it's a past situation um, that I've either ignored or paused or whatever or haven't really accepted and the south node sagittarius um can be arrogant knowing um it can be really uncivil you know just that really uncivil and people don't understand how important it is to be civil with each other it's one of the foundations of guess what civilization um you know 
but we're really <laughs> almost like the words right there, right? <laughs> the words right there, it's right in front of you. Um, it's a so self-note Sagittarius, um, arrogant knowing, um, you know, it's a freedom fighter, you know, it, it wants freedom. And people that are born with South Node Sagittarius, they're always like looking for the freedom piece, right? And I know people all walks of life that have South Node Sagittarius, some of them are. I love them. Amazing people. Um, but you're all they're being invited in from the wild this lifetime. They have kind of a wild cowgirl, cowboy kind of energy, right? They're being invited into mainstream society. And what does what does society mean? Um, you know, how do I get along in society when I've been, you know, wild cowgirl, you know, for for lifetimes? And it's like, okay, your your thing is to learn how to communicate with others. Um, to open up your mind and take in a variety of viewpoints doesn't mean you have to align yourself with any one of them at all. Just open perky curiosity is, is the thing with the North Node Gemini and, and learning without having to really know. And that, you know, the South Node Sag can also feel that they need to be the hero of the story. I need to be the hero, you know, so it, it you know, with, without really knowing. So the North Node Gemini is to, is to learn without necessarily being attached to anybody's idea or thought or their own thoughts or ideas um, is to kind of spread out and it's time to kind of learn and, and have all kinds of dialogues and communications. So we can see where the South Node has been operating, that kind of arrogant hero, um, the idea of, you know, I know this and I don't know this, <laughs> you know, at all. And so uh, the now the nodes are changing um, North Node Taurus, South Node uh, Scorpio and South Node Scorpio will bring up a lot of shattered trust, a lot of betrayal for people, the ghosts of, of kind of like, you know, being, you know, betrayed. Anybody that's born with them typically have had a front row seat at the worst that humans do to each other. And they can view the present from that, through that lens, right? Um, so that's not good. There is um, so shattered trust. And I feel the lack of trust is one of the big sorrows of our time really. We don't trust each other. Um, and South Node Scorpio will turn the heat up on that. Um, the way forward is the North Node Taurus, which is simple, earthy, you know, um, enjoying, you know, taking extra time to enjoy your coffee or tea in the morning. Um, you know, it's about definitely practicing groundedness um, and kind of simple, earthy, and what I call determined kindness which is really interesting. I used that once in a situation a few weeks ago. It's amazing how it worked. Um, you know, and I'm the time of day that I'm born, I'm an Aries rising. So I'm always re not ready to fight, but um, it's just like, <laughs> it's, if it needs to happen, um, I'm just kidding. But the, but I use that determined kindness and it really, and I did it from a, you know, a heart, a heart place and really, poured it on not with words um I'm definitely a word action person um it's um and they could feel it and it really changed it just turned the whole situation around um in a really good way in, in, in an authentic way so we so determined determined kindness when I'm talking to somebody who had who's born with those nodes they can slip into rabbit holes that are very deep and dark they're very very challenging at very challenging. And when I tell them that the way forward is kindness, and they, they look at me as though I've had three heads, right? Because they're used to this overly intense energy and that they think that this intense situation needs to have intensity to match it. And it doesn't, it's like calmness, it's kindness. You don't need that intensity. Um, and people that have South Node Scorpio, if I said, oh, could you help me clean up the desk? They do it with this intensity, you know, and, and at times they have to almost like check out because they view everything that way. Like everything's intense where it's like, no, it's, it's chill. It's calm. You know, it's, it's determined kindness. Um, so that's our path forward. And when we connect with that North node, life is pretty magical. Um, mine is my North node is in Sagittarius, which is the travel energy. Right. Uh, but I can get caught in my South Node, and I tell people I do every day. Uh, I get caught my, you know, my South Node every day, where um, it's um, which can be over mind. You know, when I'm preparing for a workshop, I stuff things in, and I know what I'm doing. I'm bullying my brain. I don't need to do that um, at all. And it's um, 
you know, so the North Node Sagittarius, it's important for me to travel and to be around any any and all cultures, um, you know, and just I make a point of not knowing the language. Um, you know, I, I want to use that other part of my brain. I don't want to know the language. I refuse to learn anything. Um, and yeah. So that's where we are. So 2022 um, is um, similar themes are in play. Um, you know, at the same time, there's um, one of the gifts of South Node Scorpio is medical research. Um, you know, they the research will be crazy and amazing. And it's, um, you know, we're going to be learning how to, you know, we're, we're looking to process and accommodate this people have been traumatized um no question about that i'm going to be doing a workshop on trauma in 2022 and um through my lens and how each person can work unpack some of this um moving forward because we're you know, at the end of the day we're moving into a whole different era it's not there for a couple of years and these last couple of years of, of pluto and capricorn they're pretty big and i'm saying no you have to be calm around this all this bigness um you know but you have to be um it, it will be the path forward i promise you it will be but uh, people that are born with south node uh, scorpio i tell them your your thing this lifetime is to calm the f down basically <laughs> <laughs> So that's as a collective, we need to calm down. <laughs> we need to calm down and be basic and simple and um, enjoy yeah. your cake and, you know, enjoy sens sensual pleasures. Um, you know, that's the pathway to to that North Node. If you're kind to yourself, you're, you're kind to other people. People that are unkind are typically unkind to themselves. Yes. I, I find it very interesting how you talk about... Um, moving forward into a new era. And I feel a lot of the times in our, in our personal lives too, that we get, we, you know, you want to move forward, but that's kind of scary. And there's this pull to go back. And I feel like that as a collective, there's this pull of, well, we want to go back. We want to go to normal. We want to go to before this started instead of moving through it. One phrase I despise is new normal. Mm-hmm. It's it's not new normal. I don't know what normal is. Um, you know, it's what is normal? What is <laughs> normal? And everyone's idea of normal is is different, um, as it should be. You know, you're an individual. Um, you're an individual and you're also deeply and intimately interconnected with other people. You have no idea how powerful you are. You know, that's 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 one piece of it. But um, that new normal makes me makes me a little crazy. It's like, no, we're moving into a whole new era. And of course, it's going to be, you know, uprooting a lot. You know, a lot of people have massive trauma with um, authority. And I think everyone has some some wounds around authority. You know, look at us. We're women. Of course, we have wounds around authority. Naturally, we do. if we didn't, we'd be in some kind of, you know, denial, it's um you know, people that have real and so so it's a tricky piece. And people that are in authority, such as IE governments, they played a big role in this. That mistrust they have, um, you know, like people have to be honest with that. They played a massive big role in terms of stirring up mistrust. Um, but it's up to us to connect with our own inner authority and what that means. Um, this one piece, this Pluto and Capricorn piece is um Capricorn rules, uh, lineage and ancestors. And so it is a time in a collective way that we're uprooting generational wounds. Um, and you see that with the, um, you know, First Nations. I don't like that concept because they're, to me, beyond any concept or any title, uh, but because they're ancient, but it's um, where there was no titles or, you know, that, but it's a, uh, you know, so all that lineage energy, ancestor wound energy is being is definitely being uprooted. That's going to continue for for everybody. Uh, so it naturally brings up the authority wounds in a really big way. But you're to approach that or engage with that calmly and with kindness. Do you find through your work with your clients that a lot of the ancestral wounds and past life healing is really coming up at this time in people's lives on a personal level, too? Has since 2008 mm. and, and beyond that, I mean, some people, it's a particular energy pattern anyways in their chart. Um, it's um, yeah, it's interesting. And of course you're going to pass life dreams as well. I've had a few past life dreams that are quite significant. Um, 
and interesting. <laughs> um, can I yeah. share one briefly? Yes, please. I always knew I was in the French Revolution and you know, I always knew that and didn't investigate. I just knew. And um, there was one year that my children and I were going to Mexico. This was actually happening. We were taking a little family vacation to Mexico. And it's um, when I had the dream, the trip was about two weeks, would, would be happening two weeks later. And in the dream, I was on the plane and um, my daughter was in the window seat. My son was in the aisle seat. I was in the middle, which would have been the way we'd be sitting. And I was in the middle in complete French soldier. Well, not soldier. I was a noble um, clothing. And I was really admiring the lace on my cuff. I was I was really into myself um, to the point. And I was looking around like no one knows who I am. And I was so insulted about that. And even even having that experience, I felt like embarrassed with myself. I felt like really embarrassed. Like, oh my God, what kind of person am I? I'm very arrogant and looking at my clothes and how special I looked. And then I was flying down and looking at all the people um, in the dream. And that, that was the only part of that. And then I did investigate that lifetime further. Um, yeah, it's um, felt when I visited Versailles, I felt really at home there. Um yeah. Did you, I was going to ask if you felt that connection, if you visited physical locations that you've lived in past lives before, and if that brought up. Oh, absolutely. When I went to Fez in Morocco, my whole body was vibrating and I felt like I was just so filled with joy. Um, I've never felt that joyful ever. I was just completely joyful and felt just amazing 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 um that was full full body i i couldn't move uh, outside the gates of the wall city isn't it amazing to tap yeah. into that, that 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 joy you probably felt being there incredible so obviously that was a good experience right um yes. if it had been a bad experience i might have felt you know whatever um but it was obviously a very pleasant lifetime you know it's um very pleasant lifetime it's like coming across those people that you know are important in your life and you know have been in your soul group for many lives. And there's just that instant, that instant connection and trust and knowing and almost comfort with them. And, and accept it too. And obviously, you know, blonde and blue eyed. Um, I was just, I felt fully accepted by everybody and, and was treated in, you know, incredibly well, uh, welcomed into different situations. I had that in, in Scotland as well. But yeah, a number of places. And then other places just like, get me out of here. Um, you know, it's, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. That's so, so, so interesting. So interesting. And it's fascinating where people will go in terms of their, you know, past lives. Um, there was early on, um, I had a young woman and she was a social worker, you know, this lifetime. And it's, um, you know, a very pretty woman, single mother had been, had left an abusive uh, marriage and it's, um, and she was really quite lovely. I remember the first time my office at that time, another house was down the stairs. And when she was coming down the stairs, I was just overwhelmed with the feeling that she'd been in the Holocaust, overwhelmed with it. And so a number of months later, she said, I think I'd like to do a past life regression. I said, great. Uh, I was, and I had remembered that feeling of her being in the Holocaust. And anyways, when she came, she, her first words when she was under was, oh no. And I knew where she was. Like I knew immediately where she was. And I will kind of go there with people in their past life regressions. If I'm doing a past, if I'm doing a group hypnosis in a workshop, a past life regression is part of that workshop, which is in a number of workshops. There is, um, you know, I'll tap into, you know, different people. There was one young woman, very pretty young woman in a, in a group hypnosis where she was very pregnant. Um, she was ready to give her. And I saw her as a, like, a drunk prostitute in London, England. And I thought, oh, what a shame she's having that experience. And when she was talking about her past life experience, she, she, you know, had had that experience and that's what she saw in her, in her past life. So I'll pick up on people's experience in a group hypnosis or one-on-one. -on -one. And you don't have to do that um, at all. It's, um, 
But uh, anyways, this uh, young woman who had been a social worker, oh no, was her first words. And afterwards, she was telling me that um, she had been the oldest of a group of children in, in, you know, ready to die in, you know, in a concentration camp. And then there was a whole backstory to her life that lifetime. And um, and then she died and, and she saw all the children following her, um, you know, all these lights coming to her because it all died at the same time. What was interesting about that lifetime was that she had been in similar, not similar, but abusive situations that really, really aligned with that lifetime. And her job this lifetime was to help children who had been in, you know, crises and in bad situations. And soon as she had that experience, within about a year, she met a very lovely, lovely man, um, a farmer. And um, she retired from being a social worker. So she had kind of completed that. She didn't need to be doing that work of helping children any longer. Mm, it's like she kind of finished that that chapter. Yes. She, she recognized that, oh, that's why I've been doing this, which was obviously very important work and good work to be helping women in crises. But she recognized that she didn't have to be doing that any longer. And you know, she lived a life that was more kind of in keeping with what her, her soul really intended this lifetime. But she had said that she had thought that she would be she'd always dreamt that she was a can-can dancer. Um, and she was just, <laughs> um, and she, that's what she was expecting to experience in the past life regression was that lifetime. Now, maybe she had been, you know, we didn't go there, but um, she went to the lifetime. Typically, you will go to where you need to go. You know, what, what is relevant, what is coming up, um, you go where you need to go. And yeah. I feel there's that greater source of wisdom that guides you. Of It's like, like a priority system. Well, it's almost like coming into a reading and saying, well, I want to look at blah, 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 blah. And the universe is like, well, actually, you need to look at da, 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 da first. That's an excellent point. There is a priority system. I like that. Um, but absolutely true. There's a priority system that, yeah. You can come in with whatever agenda you have. Yes. And, and sometimes it is definitely aligned with your priority system. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's third. You may think it's number one. Um, so yeah, there is a priority system. I'm gonna, that's that's a great term. Mm, or even I, I feel you had mentioned it earlier about being ready for that experience as well, if you're ready for it and to to go through. I feel people are you know, when they come to me, they're in a state of readiness, whether they know that or not, mm-hmm. they're in a state of readiness. And I completely trust that hundred percent. I trust that. I, I'd love to talk about your book, Deborah, and how that came to be from your work that you were doing. And it's a fictional novel, correct? How did, how did you start writing fiction? I know um, a very practical interviewer said, well, why didn't you write a book on? I said, well, that would have been the sensible thing to do, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) This is an exciting adventure. (laughs) uh, It was interesting. I, you know, it was early evening. I was looking out the dining room window and, you know, the book came to me. It just, it just came to me. And I thought, oh, you've got to be kidding. I've got other things to do. I have no (laughs) time for this. Are you serious? Um, And Anyways, it just started and I would have dreams and then each character would come and each character is very distinct. And, you know, I thought that I thought each character would end up being a compilation of different people I knew. But there's a couple of that. uh, Reinhardt, who is the German Buddhist, my partner is a German Buddhist. Um, But Reinhardt is actually quite different in many ways than than my partner. But it's. um, you know, so there's these, so the, it came in, in downloads, basically, and I felt in the same way as I did when I kind of chose, I'm air quoting, uh, to be an astrologer, that it was choiceless, um, that it was, it was beyond my, my, my ego, my choice, I had to show up, and I felt a, a, a real obligation to show up and write um, this book, and, you know, the best parts of the book, or when the book was writing me, um, you know, and the biggest challenge was showing up, you know, because it would be you, you go through imposter syndrome, like, what am I doing? I, you know, and yeah, it, it was it was an ama- it was an amazing process. And of course, with the busyness and demand of my work, I had to really try hard to block out time um for it. it that was one of the biggest challenges. And um, some parts of it were written 
I'd have to typically leave the house. So some parts were written in a uh, retreat center, uh, some parts in Cuba, some parts in uh, France, uh, some parts in Germany. Um, yeah, all over the place. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was, um, so it was interesting, you know, that, yeah, I had to show up and, and write this. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I find fiction, it was fun writing if the character was being like a real jerk, I somehow, I enjoyed that a little too much. We can say. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun being a jerk. Um, no, you can't write 50 pages right now on them. Um, but it's um, so, yeah, it was, it was a real full experience. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I am going to try and write a sequel. I, just have been I have to block off I have to be more um, disciplined to block off time for that I simply can't do it there's no bandwidth at the end of the day I I love that um the concept of how you you talk about the downloads because I've always been an avid fantasy reader and I work with a lot of women that are creatives and it really gets my mind thinking about how connected that creativity and that imagination is with spirituality. And I've always wondered these books that we deem now my air quotes fiction, how, how much of it is fiction? How much are we getting fed this information? And it comes in a similar sense, like when you're getting psychic downloads, it really, it really makes you think about where all these worlds and ideas are coming from. And if they truly are our own, or if they are coming to us, like you said, the story just kind of came there. Write me now. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't had no intentions of writing um, a novel. The you know in the book, of course, there's seven you know people who come from different cultural backgrounds and spiritual backgrounds, and you know they die. Most of them in quirky deaths, and they end up in this realm that doesn't jive with their afterlife expectations. And, and it's hilarious. Um, and I didn't, you know, I know um, which I think really helped. I didn't have any um, idea. Oh, I need to write it funny. But there's parts that are hilarious, and there's parts you're you're laughing and you're crying. You know, the next because it can be very and you know, but they, all these people with their expectations of what the afterlife is, was, I found fascinating. Um, and I, I don't, and to me, it was there, it was the characters, you know, that it, you know, there was an, there's an atheist there. He ends up being a project manager. Um, you know, there's a, a Jewish man who died um, in 17th century Venice. And that was really hard to get information on Venice. I've been to Venice. Um, all the places that are in the book I've, I've been to, um, you know, many times there is. Um, yeah. So it was really interesting. Their, their, their whole thing and how they have to, of course, get along and, and their biases and prejudice with each other and how the atheist tries to, you know, make sense of that world, which wasn't part of his world. And yeah, it was fun. Well, going back to what you said about determined kindness, it really it puts that into play and everyone with their different views when you're stuck together and you got to work together. <laughs> Which they didn't want to at all, um, but they're so I had to create this realm that. Um, which was an interesting process where, you know, I knew that I had to not go from brain to intuition or creativity, but I had to allow the channel to be open from creativity, intuition to my brain. Uh, and that's how it best works because our brain is essentially a processing unit. It receives messages from all kinds of different ways. Um, and so if our brain is like looking for the answers, it's just not going to happen. Um, but it's, um, but the, so the realm was, was an interesting piece to put together and um because we need a structure but in terms of their missions and what they're to do it's very aligned with now um you know really like now but it becomes so important this this kind of final mission it becomes so important that they drop their egos and they actually listen to each other and they respect each other's way of being in the world and what they believe um so they're not um signed on to the other person's belief system at all they maintain their own um more or less but they um 
but they recognize that you, there is unity and diversity and that each person, no matter what their background is, has something very precious, important to contribute. And I don't care what you're doing. You have something to contribute. And it's, um, but they, it becomes so important that they transcend their egos. This division is essentially ego driven, right? So um, it doesn't mean that I have to agree with you at all. I can stay in my own lane. Um, but I, I recognize that you have something precious to contribute. And I have to, I don't have to, I can, I can respect that. And I can have compassion for self and others in that process. Mm, I think it's why I love the genre so much because it's, it really it speaks a lot to just us as humans and things that we're going through and strong story that, um, that shows us that we can work together and that we can have the kindness and, and has, I don't know, that storyline of, well, this could be set in different realms, but I find there's something very fascinating about how it still talks about the human condition and what we have to do to, to That's live right. in peace with each other. And it's kind of that repetitive uh, theme. And yeah. it looks, it's like it spans so many, so many different worlds and, and characters. And that core is still there of, well, we still need to work together and respect each other. And yeah. Yeah. like you said, you're not trying to convert each other that you don't have to see each other's way, but you no. still have that respect that you are. Absolutely. An individual that has something to share with the world. Exactly. And that's um, the planet Saturn, which is rules many, many things, but it is certainly the planet of karma, the Lord of karma. And it's uh, in the sign of Aquarius. We have an obligation. Aquarius is the humanity and the collective. We have an obligation to each other. Mm. Bottom line. And Saturn is no nonsense. Like wherever it's going through in, in our charts, it is what it is. Like we, it is no nonsense. And we can think this or want that, whatever Saturn, whatever area Saturn is going through, it's, you know, we have to show up to it and, and you know, face this is part of our karmic path right now. And it's in, in Aquarius, we have a karmic obligation to each other. That's what it is. Um, that's there till, you know, March of 2023. And it moved in, it dipped in, in 20, um, April of 2020, it then dipped back into it slipped back into a Capricorn, and then it moved into Aquarius, December of 2020. And Saturn and Aquarius will show us um, any time that we're not, um, you know, relating or having that sense of, you, you know, human obligation to another, Saturn will show us that. Because um, that's just what Saturn does. That's his job. I love how everything comes into play and it's all, I've always um, found it really fascinating how different modalities almost, I feel like have a, I think of this transparent tracing paper and that how you can kind of put a different lens on, on top and how they kind of give you a different aspect of what's going on. So I really love how you were able to show us how astrology can, can explain and put that extra layer of what what is going on yeah it's um it's going to be an interesting 2022 there is a uh, uh, jupiter who is expansive and abundant um he's moving into pisces the near the end of december and he'll be he'll pop into aries a little bit in 2022 as well which is good um in the sign of pisces you know it's about compassion uh, it's about embracing your your spiritual self, which, um, you know, it's about compassion. It's about empathy. It's about embracing spiritual self. It pops into Aries mid-May, I think, till October, I'd have to look. Um, and that's having the kind of the courage to be begin something new, um, you know, which we're all doing something new. We're not, nobody's stuck. Um, you're stuck only in your own mind. Nobody's stuck. And you have choice and you have power. You have a great deal of choice. You have a great deal of power. Um, I'd love to have your birthday, Monique. Mm, it's um, September 24th, 1985. I was getting the Libra energy. It's why you're so good at what you're doing. I think it's <laughs> part of that generation that is fascinates me. I've had some of you as students, well, I've had a lot of you as students, but um, 
Mm-hmm. It's funny for a long time, I didn't really embrace my generation because of the label of millennial. And I thought I'm not a millennial. I'm not, you know, I'm not one of these people. And recently I've kind of reclaimed it of, well, no, that's my generation. And, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to su- subscribe to all the negative labels that are associated with it. Labels are are boring and their labels are not imperative. Um, they're just not. Um, there is, um, you have um, an interesting, the, the, you're born at the Pluto, oh, um, you're born with the Pluto in Scorpio generation, which they were 1984 to 1995. And that generation fascinates me. If any generation fascinates me the most, where it, it's one that they're, they're naturally coded with a, a great deal of intensity, you know, and it's a, there's a lot to say about it, which I know we only have a little bit of time, but it's that generation, it'll be you guys that will, certainly it's your generation that will normalize gender, you know what I mean, and gender choices and sexual choices, your generation will normalize that uh, completely, thank heavens, uh, way over time. It's, um, but that energy is, um, it's you guys that will discover like the cure to cancer. And the energy is so intense that you'll do a lot or nothing. So I understand that energy when people say, oh, you guys check out I get it. I'm not born with Pluto and Scorpio. I totally understand that that is important to at times check out. And for some people, they may need to check out because it's just so intense. And you're meant to help with the deep, you know, Pluto is a planet of transformation. And in the sign of Scorpio, it, it rules the sign of Scorpio. So your generation is the most kind of intense of any of the generations. And you're meant to help with these, these deep transformational times. And for some people, it can seem too much. And again, they have to check out. So why wouldn't anybody understand that? I don't know. Um, it's um, You're born with the moon Aquarius, which you'd make a great astrology student, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, but And and you have you have your south node in Scorpio, your north node in, Cap, in Taurus. So you're, it's coming. These are your nodes coming up. And we get those every 18 years. So it's your time coming up um, where to examine the neuroses of your south node, the gifts of your south node, the neuroses of your south node, and weave them into the north node Taurus, which is about comfort, is about um, practicality, is about groundedness, is about money. Um, it's um, you are in other lifetimes, you would have been around a lot of the bad stuff. You know, you would have been around the worst that humans do. Um, do you see that part of it? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, especially recently. I've, I've done a lot of very intense past life work. And I would say even in the last couple of months that have been just like a wall hit you. And yeah, a lot of I've seen. So important to understand that it's there and that this lifetime you're to calm the F down. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That describes me to a T and ground and ground myself. Yeah, so you, you can help because you're born with these energies. You can help people over the next 18 months because this is part of your spiritual knowing. Um, again, beyond, beyond mind, it goes, it's part of your spiritual knowing that um, the people could go down a very wrong path or be exposed to, you know, like it's, it's, um, and that how important grounding is, how important it is to enjoy a nice cookie and a cup of tea and a warm blanket and all those earthy practical things. And then that will lead you to, in your case, it'll lead you to financial security and just, you know, yeah, the informed kind of everything. I can see that you, um, the indecisive energy, of course. <laughs> yes, yes. And when you go into that mental indecisive energy, you lose your intuition. Mm. You get kind of trapped in the mind trap of the that. But um yeah, it'll be that's interesting for you. But I so understand that generation. It you know, I I I yeah, I, I can't stand it when people kind of put that classification on your generation because it's like step out of the way, guys. These these people will show up and do big, big things that no one else has done. Um, and some of them will need to check out, and that's perfectly fine. Um that's perfectly fine. Mm, that's so interesting. I love that perspective. And, and I feel that every every generation and every wave, it's 
It's to usher in something important. I was talking to somebody of my generation yesterday, and he's working with a generation that are born in the late 90s um, and how that generation and our generation are really aligned. Uh, We really get each other. Um, you know, and, and it was really interesting because my generation, we don't want to go up or old, um, you know, and then it's and each generation is very, very different from the next generation. Your generation, in a way, is to clear the path. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, clearing uh, to be done in your generation, which is obvious when you look at the world, you know, it's um, but it's yeah. Anyways, it's interesting in there. Yeah, you would be able to access past lives pretty you know, pretty easily. You know, one thing about, um, you know, some of the lifetimes you've had is that it gave you a lot of, certainly a lot of intuition. Um, You have to practice being less intense, you know, in other words, what's the calm thing to do? What's the simple thing to do rather than getting it complicated? Because when you complicate things that that adds the intensity energy comes online too. Um, you know, it's like, oh, I'm intense now because I've subconsciously complicated this situation. Um, it's, um, you know, so how it feeds, but it's it's the uh, putting your dial or turning your dial to what's the simple way of doing this. Um, and it can be slow and slow is perfectly fine too. It's um, the, um, but you, it, it gave you a great deal of natural, understanding with people like psychological insights you would have made a very good psychologist but I would have talked would have wanted to talk to you out of that because it would have drained you you would have exhausted mm. uh, completely and you would have attracted big trauma clients um so it's something that so it gave you that insight in other words you don't need to go there because you you've had lifetimes of knowing how to read people now you can bring it to the practical realm that's so interesting. I love that. So interesting. And so, so in alignment of everything, especially more recently in the past year or two that has been going on in my life. Very, very accurately banging on, I must say. Anyways, really fascinating. I love what you're doing with this podcast. I think it's really, really important. Um, You are a natural communicator and um, you are, you can connect very easily you know, uh, with a variety of people. So um, it's really great what you're doing. Thank you, Deborah. I so enjoyed chatting with you and hearing about your work and what you are doing with others and how you're helping them along your path. And I mean, even talking to you about my chart for the five minutes that we did, I it's just kind of this eye-opening clarity. So I can only imagine the people that you work with um, on a on a constant basis and really intimately get to dive in how, how much it can impact almost giving them that bird's eye view. You, you take a step out, out of your life and maybe out of your ego and you get that sense of clarity. I think it's such important work that you're doing and thank you for sharing it. It's an honor. It really is. It's an honor. Thank you for tuning in and sharing this very special space with me. For more information on how I can help you heal from the past, build trust with your intuition, and take aligned action towards creating a purpose and passion-filled business and life, visit my website at moniqueglover.com. If you loved what you just listened to, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I am so grateful for your loving comments, ratings, and shares. Sending you so much love and light. Until next time.